0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: Matthew's Gospel, chapter number three. What a blessing it is to be back again at North Valley. A little unusual, I know you miss your building, but this is electrifying, I love it. And I feel like I'm on top of the world up here and we won't be jumping off and taking a leap of faith, I can tell you that. But Dr. Treber, God's people, God's church, have prayed for you and your church all over this country and the hand of the Lord has been upon you and it's still upon you. And I'm glad tonight that old time religion is alive and well. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the reason why it said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, we're the only ones got anything worth saying. We got a song tonight, let's sing it. We got a light, let's shine it. We got a praise, let's render it. We got a voice, let's lift it up. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He's an awesome God. We love him tonight. If you save, raise your right hand. If you know it, raise your left hand. If you're glad about it, raise both of them, wave them around a little bit, and turn to your neighbor and say, you look better with your mask on, amen. (laughs) Matthew's gospel, chapter number three tonight, begin reading in verse number one. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, here's my text tonight, the voice of how many? One. The voice of how many? One. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his paths straight. And I'm interested tonight in that little phrase in verse number three, where it said, the voice of one. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. And tonight, the Lord being our helper, I want to preach for a while on the power of one voice. The power of one voice in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the political unrest that we have seen for the last year in our nation. We have heard from everybody from everywhere about everything. We have heard from the athletic world. We have heard from the entertainment world. We have heard from the political world. We have even heard from the religious apostate world of our day. But I believe tonight it is time that the world heard from the church, heard from the redeemed, lifting our one voice in this world of sin and sorrow. The Bible said that John was the voice of just one, but I'm glad he was lifting up that one voice crying in the wilderness. Now, think about John the Baptist tonight. What was John? Well, the Bible said that he was a forerunner. He was sent to prepare the way for the first advent of our Savior. So John went forth crying something like this. Prepare, get ready, somebody's coming. Prepare, get ready, somebody's coming. He would say, I'm not that somebody, but I just came to point you to that somebody. That somebody is greater than me. That somebody is before me. That somebody, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. But get ready, prepare, somebody's coming. You've never seen anybody like him. So get ready. Somebody is a coming. And I believe that's what we are in this day in which we live. We are forerunners. God has sent us to prepare the way for the second advent of our Savior. Can I remind you tonight, just like he came the first time, he will come the second time. God got it right about the first coming and he's got it right about the second coming. All of the promises, all of the prophecies, all the predictions about his first coming were fulfilled to the minute detail. And can I remind you tonight, all of the prophecies, All of the predictions and all of the promises, God's got it right about the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is our job, this is our ministry, this is our message in this day. In this wilderness, to lift up that one voice and say prepare, get ready, somebody's coming. The only difference is this, the first time he came, He came in a manger, but the next time he comes, he'll come in the clouds. The first time he came, they planted a crown of thorns upon his head, but the second time he comes, they'll crown him king of kings and lord of lords. The first time he came, they impaled him to a wooden cross, but the next time he comes, he'll sit upon the throne. And the first time he came, they spit on him and crucify him but the next time he comes they will bow and lift their voice and say that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We've heard what the world has got to say. We have heard what politics has got to say. We have heard what religion has to say. Let's lift our one voice tonight in this wilderness and lift him high and lift him up because he is worthy to be lifted. The world needs to hear the voice of the redeemed. Think about John the Baptist tonight. Some parallels between John the Baptist and his day and you and I in this day. Notice the commissioning of John the Baptist. The Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Let me emphasize that again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Even though his mother Elizabeth and his father Zacharias, even though they were godly people, and devout people and very, very spiritual people. Brother, when John came on the scene, he wasn't daddy's man, he wasn't mama's man. When John began to preach, he wasn't daddy's preacher, he wasn't mama's preacher, he did not represent the religionist of his day. Brother, when John came on the scene, he was sent from God, he was God's preacher, he was God's voice, he was God's man. He came under the auspices of heaven. He came in the authority of heaven. And when John lifted up his voice, he was sent by God. Can I remind the church tonight? We're not another civic group. We're not another religious entity. But we are the pillar and the ground of truth. The voice of God. The church of the living God. Ordained by God. Anointed by God. Authorized by God. We're not here tonight to lift up ourselves or to lift up a religious entity. We're here tonight to tell this world there is a God in heaven. There is hope for this world. There is the grace of God because it's not about us tonight, but it's all about him, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The world has their voice and politics has their voice and the entertainment world has their voice. But this is God's voice. This is God's day. This is God's time. We came on business tonight for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. John was sent by God, and God has sent us to lift up our voice in this wilderness of sin and sorrow. The commissioning of John the Baptist. Quickly tonight, I want you to notice the characteristics of John the Baptist. Brother, when John came on the scene, he was different than the religionist of his day. Let me say it like this tonight. They had never seen anybody like John the Baptist. They had never heard anybody like John the Baptist. The way he lived was different. The way he spake was different. The way he looked was different. There was a distinguishing mark between John the Baptist and the religionists of his day while they had seen the best that religion could produce. They had seen the Levite. They had seen the scribe. They had seen the rabbi. They had seen the Pharisee. They had heard what they said. But they had never, ever seen anybody like John the Baptist. They had never heard anybody like John the Baptist when he stepped upon the scene. There was a difference between him and the religionists of his day. May I say this tonight? If we're gonna be a voice for God in this world of apostasy and compromise, we've got to get our distinguishing mark back. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Church ought to be church. A preacher ought to be a preacher. There ought to be a difference between us and this world. We ought to look different. We ought to walk different. We ought to live different. Our message is different. song is different. Our voice is different. Our approach is different. Thank God for old time Holy Ghost filled believers like John the Baptist. He was a holy man and yet he was a humble man. He walked in righteousness but he walked in humility. He was bold but yet he was compassionate. I love this about John the Baptist. He said this. He said you know that one that's coming. He's greater than me. He was before me. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. And here's how John felt about it. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. John said, I need to get little in your eyes, and he needs to get real big in your eyes, because brother, he came on business for the king of kings. And Lord of lords, may the church tonight step out of the shadows and step out on the stage of time and lift our one voice and be different from the world and look different from the world and sing different from the world and preach different from the world and point men to Jesus Christ, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, and the bright of the morning star. The world needs to see our light and the world needs to hear our voice. Let's lift it high tonight in this wilderness in which we live. Don't ever underestimate the power of one voice. And I see the commissioning of John the Baptist. I see the characteristics of John the Baptist. But tonight I wanna see the calling of John the Baptist. What did God call this man to do? One thing, lift up that one voice. His calling was to lift up that one voice. By the way, tonight, the only voice that John could lift was his own. He could not lift up the voice of the rabbi. He could not lift up the voice of the Levite or the scribe or the Pharisee. The only voice he could lift up was the voice that God had given him. May I say to this congregation tonight, in these cars, under these tents, the only life you can give to God is yours. The only heart can be ablaze for God in your life is yours. And the only voice you can lift is yours. God's given us a box. Let's break it at his feet. God's given us a life. Let's put it in the hands of his lordship. And God has given us a voice. If you're saved, you got a song. If you're saved, you got a testimony. If you're saved, you've got a word. Let's lift it up tonight. Let's lift our voice. The world needs to hear the voice of the redeemed. And I see John one day down by the rivers of Jordan, and he's gonna lift up that one voice in the wilderness. I believe John clears him off a piece of ground, and he uses an attention-getting word. Man, he beckons with his hand and says, behold, behold, they say that means in the Greek, stop, pause, gaze with full attention because something big is about to happen. A redneck would say behold means, y'all watch this. And boy, John beckons with his hand and he gets that crowd's attention. Behold, behold, and I see him as he points across the river, behold. The lamb of God that taketh away thus. Man, I want to run, but there ain't nowhere to run. Oh, behold the Lamb of God that taketh. Oh, I wonder tonight if there's anybody here, you're glad when you was a sinner, a half a heartbeat from hell, going down for the last time. Somebody lifted up their voice. Somebody lifted up their voice and said, stand in attention, look in amazement, right over there, behold, the Lamb of God. Aren't you glad when you was a sinner, somebody told you, about the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Oh, notice what he said, behold, the Lamb of God, not a lamb, not some lamb, not one of the many different lambs, the Lamb of God, the only Lamb of God, the single Lamb of God. Never been one like him before and there'll never be another one like him. He is not a savior, he is the savior. He is not a way, he is the way. He is not a door, he is the door. He's not a resurrection. He is the resurrection. He's not a shepherd. He is the shepherd. He is not a life. He is the life. He is not a king. He is the king. He's not a lord. He is the lord. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. God has one savior. He has one mediator. He has one king. He has one lord. He has one He has one Emancipator, he is the one, the only one, and there'll never be another one. Lifting up that voice John said, behold, I love this, the Lamb of God. They had never heard that before. They had never heard that phrase before. They have heard the rabbi speak. They have heard the Levite and the scribes speak, but they had never heard that message, Lamb of God, Lamb of God. Lord have mercy, they knew Aaron had one. They knew that Abel had one. They knew Moses had one. They knew the high priest had one. They knew that Israel had one. But for the first time in their life, they heard that God had one. And it's not just one but the Lamb of God. This is not Aaron's Lamb. This is not Abel's Lamb. This is not Moses' Lamb. Uh, This is not Joshua's Lamb. This is not Israel's Lamb. This is the Lamb of God, God's Lamb, conceived of the Holy Ghost in the womb of a virgin, baptized in Holy Ghost power in Jordan, gonna live a sinless life, shed sinless blood thy voluntary death and thank God three days later will arise from the dead the perfect savior, the perfect perpetuation, the perfect atonement, God's lamb God's emancipator God's salvation, God's redeemer, God's Lord God's Christ. Aren't you glad tonight we're dealing with eternal things? It's God's message. It's God's word. Let's lift our voice and point men not to the world's Savior but to God's uh, the only Savior. And when you think it can't get any better John shoves it in another gear and said behold look over there y'all watch this the Lamb of God that taketh, well, glory, that taketh away. They had never heard the Levites say that. They had never heard the Pharisees say that. They had never heard the scribes say that. Take it away. You mean he can take it away? my sin the guilt of my sin and the condemnation of my sin and the weight of my sin and the consequences of my sin and the judgment of my sin you mean there's somebody who's right for what's wrong in my life You mean to tell me I don't have to carry around anymore? It don't have to haunt me anymore? John lifted up his voice and said, look, right over yonder, there's somebody that can take it away. He can take it away. Take away your guilt. Take away your shame. Take away your judgment. Take away your, oh, this world tonight, they need to hear somebody that's been to Calvary lift up their voice and say, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to die that way. There's somebody tonight named Jesus who can take your sins away. Well, glory. Now, they had heard he could do something with it, but they had never heard he could take it away. They had heard he could put it behind his back. They had heard he could seal it up in a bag. They had heard he can separate it as far as the east is from the west. They had heard he could put it in the depths of the sea. They had even heard He could cover it or atone it, but they had never heard. Anybody go as far as to say, whoop, hallelujah, take it away. Because you listen to me tonight, if it's in a bag, it's still there. If it's in the depths of the sea, it's still there. If it's behind his back, it's still there. If it's he's from the west, somewhere between, it's still there. Oh, if it's covered, it's still there. That's Old Testament language. Come to the grace and the blood and Calvary and the cross. They have never heard anybody say, it's better than in a bag. It's better than in the depths of the sea. It's better behind his back. It's better than far as the east is from the west. It's better than covered. You say, Brother Joe, what could be better than my sins being behind his back? What could be better than it being in the depths of the sea? What could be better than it being in a bag? What could be better than Castesis from the West. What could be better than covered? I'll tell you what's better. Gone, 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 gone. It's over with. It's annihilated. It doesn't exist. When God sees you tonight, He sees you. Pro Calvary, hallelujah, hearts and glad tonight. Our sins are gone. There are people all over your community and all over our towns, weighted down by the guilt and condemnation of sin, lost without God, headed to a devil's hell. They need to hear your voice. I said they need to hear your voice and say, there's one, the Lamb of God named Jesus. He don't hide it. He don't cover it. He takes it away. He does away with it. What I'm really trying to say is this, God has no record of your existence before salvation. You ask me why I'm happy, I'll tell you why. My sins, they're not covered, they're not hid. They're gone, they're gone, they're gone. He took it away. Woo! He took it away. I was flying out of Monroe, Louisiana the other Tuesday. And this airline attendant said to me, she said, sir, you have a nice suit on. I said, well, I may not be a good preacher, but I want to look like one. And she said, you are a what? I said, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher of the gospel. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, What religion is that? I said, Old time salvation, honey. I'm going to say the night, Old time salvation's real to me. And she said, Well, I'm such and such. I'm a such and such. And she told me what religion she was in. And she said, uh, Sir, can I ask you a question? You talking about God laying one a fish right in the boat. I didn't even have to cast the lure out. She said, is there any difference between what I am and what you are? I said, yes, ma'am. There sure is. She said, what would you consider, sir? The major difference. I said, honey, our hope is built. Oh, nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We're Christ and Christ alone. I didn't say this, she said this. She said, that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. I've never understood why we pray to dead people anyway. I so what I promise you, honey, my crowd, don't pray to dead people. We call on the living Savior, the high Savior, the only Savior. But aren't you glad when you was in your sin, lost and on your way to hell, a half a heartbeat from the pit, somebody lifted up their voice and said, Behold, look, there's somebody named the Lamb of God that can take your sins away. Lifting up that one voice, you say, Brother Joe, how effective do you think John the Baptist was? Well, evidently pretty effective because the next day he's got converts to baptize. Matthew chapter number three said they were down there by the Jordan. John's baptizing converts and it just says this and they were confessing their sin. And They would walk up to John and I guess and tell him what they've been doing and boy, I'm glad that was John and not me. I know too much already. This lady said to Julie the other day, you and Brother Joe don't do Facebook. Y'all don't know half of what goes on in the church she said, we know enough to keep us up all night. And they'd confess their sin, John would baptize them, and they'd go on their way. Another woman would step in, confess their sin, John would baptize them, they'd go on their way. And about that time John looks around, and there stands Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And he doesn't confess his sin, because he don't have any to confess you know what i love saying that so much i think i'll say that again he didn't confess his sins because he didn't have any to confess youngins that felt so good i'm going to say that one more time he didn't confess his sins because he didn't have any to confess he's a sinless spotless, pure, impeccable, holy Lamb of God. He's the sinless Savior. And he said, John, John, baptize me. John said, oh, I can't do that. Baptize you? I'm not even worthy to tie your shoes. Jesus said, I love this, to fulfill righteousness. To fulfill righteousness. I want you to baptize me. What is righteousness? That's what God imputes to your account when you trust the Lamb of God. That's what God imparts to your life when you trust the blood of Jesus Christ. You're pronounced and made righteous in him. Well, how do sinners depraved, lost and undone ever acclaim or receive righteousness. Well, they have to put their trust and their faith in the gospel, which is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And he said, John, to show this crowd how righteousness is imputed and imparted, baptize me, son. And John, he would baptized a lot of people. But usually, you got the preacher baptizing the converts. Here, you have the preacher baptizing the converter. And in type of his death and burial, he immerses him in that liquid grave, buried with Christ. In type of his resurrection, risen with Christ, he lifts him up out of that watery grave. And I see Jesus standing there that old red muddy Jordan water dripping off of his face. I, I, I don't know what it did for John. I, I don't know what it did for the bystanders, but I know what it did for heaven. It tore heaven, slam up. God shoved back the clouds, took the Holy Ghost and put it on the wings of a dove, and it flew from the throne of God and hovered over the shoulders of the Son of God And God himself leaned over the balconies of heaven and spake with a voice that shook the foundations of the earth, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You say, what's the point? I've been about to die all day to tell you. John was so faithful. In lifting up his voice, John was so consistent in lifting up his voice. John was so burdened about lifting up his voice till one day God said, I think I'll help him. I think I'll join in and I'll lift up my voice. And can I just say tonight, It's one thing to hear John's voice, whoop, but it's another thing to hear God's voice. John lifted up his voice, till God lifted up his voice. I just wanna say this tonight, I grew up in an old-fashioned, fundamental, independent Baptist family, King James only, local church, singing, preaching, testifying, and shouting. And I want you to know something tonight. I'm not embarrassed, I'm not ashamed, and I'm not trying to unidentify myself. In other words, I am not a recovering fundamentalist. The only thing I'm trying to recover from is stupidity and ignorance. I am not trying to recover from my old-time preaching daddy and my old-fashioned shouting mama. I'm not trying to recover from amazing grace. I'm not trying to recover from that's power in the blood. And I'm not trying to recover from the gospel and God's plan of salvation. I'm gonna heard the teaching. I'm gonna heard the preaching. I'm gonna heard the singing. And where I come from, I even heard the shouting. And I heard some good. So I've seen my mama get into the glory. Whoa, oh, hallelujah. I like it. I think it's in order. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, I've heard some good singing. I've heard Billy Kelly in the Burns Tree up, the Greer Baptist camp meeting. I'm on the winning side. Oh yes, I've heard some good, good, good singing. I've heard some wonderful, wonderful Bible teaching in my life, I've sent heard Billy Canoy teach and C.O. Roach teach, some of the great Bible teachers of the South, and then brother, I really believe this, God has allowed me to hear some of the best preaching I believe anybody could ever hear. Man, I'm glad I've heard the voice of Mays Jackson, I'm glad I've heard the voice of Harold Sattler, I'm glad I've heard the voice of Curtis Hudson. I'm glad I've heard the voice of Tom Malone. I'm glad I've heard the voice of Sammy Allen. I'm glad I've heard the voice of Jack Treber. I just wanna say I thank God for every gospel song Brother Justin I've ever heard, every old time Holy Ghost shout I've ever heard, every Bible lesson I ever heard, every gospel message I've ever heard. I'm glad I've heard it, but I wanna tell you one day, Jesus spoke to me one day, bless his holy name, and I didn't hear my mama's voice, I didn't hear my daddy's voice, I didn't hear the voice of the preacher. I didn't hear the voice of the singer. I didn't hear the voice of the testifier. I heard God's voice, the voice of sovereignty, the voice of eternality, the voice of deity. I'm glad I heard his voice. But listen tonight, they didn't hear God's voice till they heard. John's voice. I believe tonight if the church would be faithful and lifting up her voice, it won't be long to God will join in and say, I think I'll lift up mine. Oh, let's keep soul winning. Let's keep impacting our cities for God. Let's keep on singing. Let's keep on teaching. Let's keep on preaching. We're not preaching by ourselves. We're not singing by ourselves. We're not witnessing by ourselves. There's a voice greater than ours. There's a voice more powerful than ours. God will lift up his voice. And if the world ever gives his voice, they'll never be the same. We got one voice. Let's lift it tonight. But when God joins in his voice, that one voice becomes the voice. And the world needs to hear that one voice. If you've ever traveled up Interstate 85 going north out of Greenville toward uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, you'll come to a little town called Cowpens, South Carolina. On the left-hand side of the interstate is a church called Mountain View. Baptist Church, they had the same pastor, 51 years, Dr. Jimmy Robbins, faithfully pastored that church, 51 years, no wonder he died, pastoring an independent Baptist Church, 51 years, he was different, he was eccentric, he was unique. But he was God's man. He was a soul winner. He was more than just a preacher. He was a soul winner. I didn't realize what a mighty man of God he was. And you've preached in that church, Brother Cooper. The first time I preached at that church and I met 10 different families, four generations deep, that still are part of that church. Someone asked me one time, they said, I I don't know if I heard Dr. Robbins or not. I can tell you, if you got to wonder, you didn't. He was one of them kind. If you heard, you know you heard. He was not just a great preacher. He was one of the coolest dudes I've ever met in my life. He wore solid red alligator skin cowboy boots. I just want to say if you wear real solid red alligator cowboy boots, that's cool. He wore them custom made double breasted suits with them gold buttons. You put them gold buttons with them red cowboy boots. Mm. He drove a red car, always had on a red tie. He had red carpet, red curtains, a white house with red red shutters. I said, Dr. Robbins, you like red? Yeah, I like red. It stands for the blood. The thing about him I admired the most, oh my, I was not only admired it, but I was a little bit jealous on top of his head. Oh my, he had the most luscious, beautiful, Head of flowing curly hair. Boy, I miss my hair. I've heard all these jokes about bald is beautiful. Don't nobody say that but bald headed people. <laughs> Sorry. Boy, he'd get to preacher like a wild man. He'd throw that leg up there in that red cowboy boot and that, that gold button, that hair going everywhere. I'll tell you, God is good. You better get saved fiery man of God, full of God. 51 years nobody ever told on him he stole money or chased somebody else's wife. Left this world with an impeccable testimony for God. One night after revival they went up to Cracker Barrel and there were two fellas there from the Hell's Angels had those motorcycles, those Harley Davison's, those pipes and I mean they looked the part, had the ponytail and the deep sea fishing lures and all the markings. and Had them coats with the sleeves cut out and big muscles and on their mother. Had that Hulk bill, they were packing. I don't mean packing, I mean packing. When I see people like that, I'm very kind. Hi, good to see you. Praise the Lord. Dr. Roberts walks up and says, hey, hey boys, hey. How you done tonight! And he laid his hand on one of them shoulder. That boy jumped back and Preacher Robin said, I ain't gonna hurt you, boy. Calm down. I ain't gonna hurt you. And in that South Carolina, and I'm not making fun of this man of God, I love him. But in this South Carolina lingo, he said, Hey, hey boys, I like him hollies. You know, Harleys. In case we have any people here that needs to be interpreted. I like him hollies, boy, I like him hollies. I like him hollies, and, I, and boys, I like all that chrome on there. I like all that chrome on there. Now, now you know a man that wears red alligator shoes and gold buttons and a red tie is gonna like chrome on a holly. I like all that chrome on there. Thank you, sir. And that man of God laid his hand on one of them shoulders and said, hey, 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 boy, do Preacher Robbins a favor. Well, you do Preacher Robbins a favor Yes sir, I like him, hollies and I like that chrome on there boys but do preach your robins a favor don't ride them into hell don't ride them hollies into hell boy Jesus loves you Jesus died for you and whatever you do don't ride them pretty hollies into hell walked off never heard from them again Five years after that, on a Sunday night, at Mountain View Baptist Church, a nice looking young man walked in in a suit and a tie. My One of my best friends is the head usher there, Brother Spencer, you know the Spencer boys. He walked up to the guy, and say, hey, come on in, man. Church has just got started, come on in. Glad to have you, man, make yourself happy. You, you, you're a visitor, we're glad to have you, come on in. Uh, how, how'd you hear about our church? He said, well, i come to see somebody. I I, I believe they called him Preacher Robbins. Said, I wanted to come talk to him. Brother Spencer said, well, you're too late. We buried him about six months ago. He's gone to glory. They said, that old boy began to cry. He said, oh my, I've been wanting to come and see him and tell him something. Brother Spencer said, well, his family's here and his friends and his members. Tell us, what do you want to tell him? He said, well, I just want to let him know about five years ago, me and one of my buddies, I did a Cracker Barrel with our motorcycles. and said, he walked up to me and yelled at me. He said, that's our pastor. He said, the dude hello, red cat. That's our pastor. And said, he told me he wasn't gonna hurt me. He said, he never heard us. You'll get that in a minute. And he said, he told me that Jesus loved me. And he asked me to do him a favor, not ride my Harley into hell. And he said, we left that night. And from that night forward, I couldn't get that voice out of my head. I like him Harlan's boy, I like that Chrome on now, The do Preacher Robbins a favor. Don't ride him into hell, don't ride him into hell. He said, sir, every time I cranked it up, I heard that preacher say, don't ride it into hell. Every time I revved up the engine, I heard him say, don't ride it into hell. We'd get in them parties, and we'd try to get stoned and smashed, and the heavy metal, and all the sin, but I couldn't drown it out. I couldn't get that preacher's voice out of my head. Don't ride that hurly into hell and he said, a couple of years ago, I got saved. I got born again. I'm teaching a Sunday school class. They're gonna make a deacon out of me and I just wanted to come by and tell that preacher, I'm glad he lifted up his voice. There's somebody in your family tonight needs to hear your voice. There's somebody in your neighborhood needs to hear your voice. There's somebody at your workplace needs to hear your voice. Oh, John the Revelator got a glimpse of the glory world and he said, I stood at the throne of him, the Lamb of God, and he said, I heard a bunch of voices, thousands and thousands, ten thousands, times 10,000. You know what it was? It was a bunch of one voices that it got together in one mighty voice to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Church, let's lift him up today. Let's lift him up tonight. We've been left here on the stage of time for such a time as this. This is our destiny. This is our calling. This is our slaughter. This is our day. He's been good to us. He's been faithful to us. He's worthy to be lifted up. Let's lift it up here and we won't be ashamed when we lift it up there. Lift up. That one voice. Lift it up. That one voice. How many of you are saved and on your way to heaven tonight? Because somebody, someday, somewhere, lifted up that voice. It made a difference in your life. It'll make a difference in other people's lives. One voice crying in the wilderness. One voice proclaiming righteousness. One man doing what he's called to do. One man faithful and true. Will you be the one voice? Will you be the one voice?